Hey everyone, welcome to my Obi-Wan Kenobi review. This won't be a deep dive into every episode, but I'm going to pick out some specific moments that I found silly or noteworthy in the show. This is more of an overview of the series as a whole and the problems I have with it. If you're looking for an in-depth episode-by-episode analysis of Kenobi, I highly recommend The Angry Joe Show, Disparu, and Jeremy John's videos on YouTube. So let's dive into this review. Episodes 1 through 4 range from average to bad. They don't really have much plot movement and are kind of just there as content. I do want to touch on a couple things that I found ridiculous. Firstly, it's the damn chase scenes. In episode 1, we see a group of thugs chase and kidnap young Leia. Now this chase scene is absolutely comical. Leia is moving at one mile per hour, and imagine a nine or ten year old girl outrunning grown adults moving at that pace. If those thugs are toying with Leia and mocking her before they scoop her up, then, you know, I might be okay with the sequence. But that's clearly not communicated. Exact same thing happens in episode two. Leia is upset with Obi-Wan and decides to run away. We get this urban chase scene with Leia going through what appears to be a market, but she's moving at the speed of a 90-year-old grandma. Yet Obi-Wan struggles to catch up with her and is seemingly impeded by her quickness and agility. If he actually jogged, he would have actually caught up with her easily, but he's just, you know, walking around and taking a sweet time and bumping into people, and it's just embarrassing that this is even part of the show. It's not exciting. It's silly. It feels like the writers were like, oh my god, we need a little bit of tension and a little bit of action, so let's just throw in this ham-fisted chase scene just to have something. There's also this sequence in episode 2 where Reva and some thugs chase Obi-Wan across rooftops. They're trying to catch up to Obi-Wan as Obi-Wan himself is trying to catch up with Leia. Uh, Leia falls off the roof and Obi-Wan saves her by using the force to catch her before she hits the ground. The very next scene is Obi-Wan running into the alleyway where Leia lands. Okay, so where did the bad guys go? Where did Reva go? Where were all the guys shooting Obi-Wan? Did the writers just forget about them? They could at least have shown a quick scene where Obi-Wan climbs down a ladder or, you know, or jumps off or anything like that. Just these tiny little things. My friend who I was watching with, we were both laughing our asses off. And this is just one of the many tiny gaffes laced throughout the entire show. Another comical moment occurs in episode four. Kenobi and Tala infiltrate the Inquisitor Fortress to rescue Leia. And this episode contains some of the worst scenes in, you know, in the entire series, and they're just lazy and incompetent. Props to Angry Joe Show for pointing this out, but everyone's been talking about Tala's open hand slap to a stormtrooper. So basically, Reva suspects Tala for being a spy, and she has stormtroopers take her away for interrogation. And if you slow the scene down, you can actually see Tala use an open palm slap to the side of the stormtrooper's helmet, stunning him. Why even have helmets? 
if a simple slap to the head is enough to dispatch you. It's just so bad. And later on, um, you know, Leia is about to get tortured by like the interrogation droid and Kenobi comes and rescues her. So Kenobi infiltrates the interrogation room and it's guarded by a couple of stormtroopers and Kenobi ambushes and kills them. Again, if you slow down the action, you can actually see Obi-Wan's lightsaber bounce off the stormtrooper's armor. The most egregious scene, in my view, is when Obi-Wan and Leia are escaping the base. It's particularly awful, because you don't need to slow down the action to see how silly it is. Obi-Wan puts on a trench coat and hides Leia under it as they walk into the hangar area. First off, there's nobody else in the station wearing a trench coat. Obi-Wan sticks out like a sore thumb wearing that thing. And you would think someone in the base would be like, Hey man, what's with that coat? What do you have under there? And number two, this is like one of those memes or gifs of like, you know, like a really tall dude dressed in a trench coat. But there's actually like two people in there, one on top of another. And, you know, why did they think this was a good idea that this belongs in Kenobi? Things like this belong in a comedy, not in Star Wars. How did this even make it out of production? Like, someone was like, oh my god, we need a trench coat scene where they, you know, they sneak Leia out and she's she's hiding in a, in a trench coat. And uh, yeah, no one's going to notice. I know I'm bashing Kenobi a lot, but there are a few things that I did like. And one of them is a flashback duel scene between Obi-Wan and Anakin at the beginning of episode 5. Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen look great, especially Hayden. I don't think they were using de-aging technology in the show, and I'm not sure if that's like a deliberate choice, or maybe they just didn't have enough money, but I'm glad they went for that natural look. Hayden Christensen looks good, and he still sounds like he did 20 years ago. Maybe, you know, with a little deeper voice, but still excellent. And the lightsaber duel was pretty good. There were parts of it that reminded me of Anakin's fight with Count Dooku and Anakin's fight with Obi-Wan at Mustafar. And some of those hits even mirrored Luke Skywalker's duel with Darth Vader in the throne room in Return of the Jedi. Mad props to the choreographers and the people that directed this fight. And I would have loved it if they included more of these flashback scenes in the show. We needed more Hayden Christensen. We need more... Scenes of Obi-Wan and Anakin just interacting, building a relationship, and just talking. Now, the climax of Episode 5 involves the Empire invading the Path base on J-Boom. Reva and her stormtroopers wait to breach a door that leads to the interior of the Path's base. Obi-Wan engages Reva in dialogue as they stand on opposite sides of the barrier. It's revealed to the audience that Reva was a youngling at the Jedi Temple, and witnessed Order 66 firsthand, which is why she knows Anakin is Darth Vader. Reva intends to kill Vader and is gaining his trust in order to find an opening against him. This is a good twist, although I saw it from a million miles away. I'm glad that they added some depth to Reva's character because she was seriously getting too whiny and annoying. However, the twist was poorly executed. Although I saw the twist from a mile away, there were very few in-show hints that Reva wanted to kill Vader. 
We got the Order 66 scene in the opening of Episode 1, and we got the scene where Reva faces off with Obi-Wan for the first time in Episode 2 where she mentions Anakin. The twist we get in Episode 5 seems contrived and forced, because there is limited foreshadowing in the show where the viewer can connect all the dots and revisit all the hints. Star Wars reveals like Palpatine equals Darth Sidious or Darth Vader is Luke's father allowed the viewer to revisit the various hints that were given throughout the story. For example, Luke and Obi-Wan talk about Luke's father in A New Hope and how Vader killed Luke's father. This leads to Vader's reveal in Empire Strikes Back that he is actually Luke's father. Similarly, there are many cues that imply Palpatine is Darth Sidious, like the camera panning over to the Chancellor at the end of The Phantom Menace. They needed to make this twist happen sooner, or give us hints of Reva's deception way earlier in the series, and I think that's the result of the episodic nature of the series and the poor writing. A note about Tala, I actually liked the Tala death scene. I knew going into this series that there wasn't much at stake. We know that Darth Vader lives, we know Obi-Wan lives, we know Leia and Luke live, so it was pretty much guaranteed that Tala would die. I was genuinely sad when she and her droid partner sacrificed themselves. However, this temporary feeling of sadness was immediately wiped away when Obi-Wan surrenders himself, completely negating her sacrifice. Tala blew herself up for absolutely no reason, just for Obi-Wan to be the guy that ends up stalling for time. Another noteworthy moment that I absolutely hated happened at the end of Episode 5. Darth Vader stabs Reva with a friggin' lightsaber, and she doesn't die. The Grand Inquisitor gets stabbed by Reva, and doesn't die. And I think it's implied that Reva gets hit with a lightsaber during Order 66, so she actually survives two lightsaber hits. Now this is plot armor to the max. Pretty much everyone in Star Wars dies from a non-limb hit. My boy, Qui-Gon Jinn, dies from one hit. So it's utterly ridiculous that we have two characters in Kenobi getting stabbed but survive. I was okay with Darth Maul surviving and coming back in the Clone Wars animated series because I assumed it was just a one-off thing. Now it's just getting ridiculous. And this is troubling because it opens the door to, you know, the tr you know, to trivializing lightsaber duels. And it cheapens the story since characters can now come back and survive injuries that should have killed them. Now the climax of the finale was all over the place. I did enjoy the Vader and Kenobi confrontation. I thought the switching of voices between Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones was really cool. The dialogue was emotional, too. I'm sorry, Anakin, for everything. That was a good line from Ewan McGregor, and you can hear the emotion and the sadness in his voice. Unfortunately, this lightsaber duel was overshadowed by some major negatives. From a technical perspective, this duel is terrible. Firstly, it's way, way, way too dark. I get it if you want it dark from a thematic perspective, but this is the climax of the series. It's probably the most important part of the show. The lighting is way too dark to really tell what's going on. And I could only tell, you know, who's doing what and who's 
where by the color and the brightness of the lightsabers. Remember the Battle of Winterfell in Season 8 of Game of Thrones? I'm sure the production crew and actors did a great job filming these scenes, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter when it's pitch black and the audience can barely see what's going on. Secondly, the camera work is dreadful. There's shaky cam throughout the duel, which makes it difficult to see what's actually happening. Every other swing, the camera starts hovering, twisting, and bouncing around. Sometimes it's way too far where you can't see the hits, and sometimes it's zoomed so close that you can't tell what's going on and where the characters are in relation to the environment. It's so jarring for the viewer because you actually want to see the blows and strikes and appreciate the action. There's a reason why the lightsaber duel at the end of The Phantom Menace is regarded as one of the best duels in Star Wars. The choreography is top-notch, and the camera work is good, and it's not doing anything like mind-blowing or revolutionary. All the camera is doing is staying still and allowing us to see and experience the action without jumping all over the place and flying around like in Kenobi. Slow the camera down and keep the camera fixed on the action. I want to see the choreography. I want to see these actors perform. I want to see just the glory of the scene. Another technical thing that I hated, although it's more like an artistic decision, is how the show cuts to Reva versus Owen and Beru in the middle of the Kenobi-Vader duel. Why would you cut away from arguably the central part of the series? Let the viewer experience the tension. Let the viewer soak up the action and enjoy the confrontation. It's almost unfathomable that they did this. Lastly, from a story perspective, this duel makes zero sense. You're repeating the ending of Revenge of the Sith all over again with Obi-Wan nearly killing Anakin and walking away from it. What's silly is Obi-Wan could have killed Darth Vader this time around also. In all fairness to Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith, he probably thought Anakin would die on Mustafar. But in Kenobi, there's absolutely no reason for Obi-Wan not to kill Darth Vader. Darth Vader helped hunt down the Jedi. He's a Sith. There's just no excuse not to kill him. Obi-Wan indirectly causes the death of millions of people by keeping Darth Vader alive in this duel. And we all know Darth Vader lives since he's in the original trilogy. This is why I was so against any sort of Darth Vader-Obi-Wan confrontation. Maybe have them stare each other down in the last episode, but no lightsaber duels, because we already know the ending. Moving on from these individual moments, let's talk about the show in general. Kenobi is simply not a very good show. I became skeptical the moment I knew the story centered around an escort mission between Obi-Wan and Leia. Coming into the show, I seriously believed Obi-Wan would be the centerpiece of the show. It's named Kenobi, after all. But okay, fine. Disney needed to make pieces of the show familiar to audiences, so we're inserting Leia. What's Disney's obsession with having yet another child-slash-savant be a focal point of the show. It started off with Ahsoka, who, to be fair, became an excellent character after she was given seasons to grow and develop. Then we have Baby Yoda from The Mandalorian, Omega from Bad Batch, and now young Leia. 
I understand that they need to market this to kids, but you don't need to have a kid in the show just to appeal to young people. It's just a shame that they brought back the talented Ewan McGregor so he can babysit Leia. When I heard they were bringing back Ewan, I couldn't have been more excited. I really thought this was going to be a deep dive into his character. Inserting the kidnapped Leia escort plotline really took the attention away from Obi-Wan. And Ewan McGregor is a talented actor. It's not like he can't hold himself as the primary protagonist. The story is just plain bad and uninteresting. I was so excited for the series, yet it was clear from the beginning that there were no stakes involved. We know Obi-Wan lives. We know Darth Vader lives. We know Luke and Leia live. The show needed to introduce something new to Star Wars or have a compelling story with excellent characters since we already know what happens to the main ones. What I would have liked to see are the Grand Inquisitors playing a bigger role in the story. This would have added an antagonist to the story, allowed for action like a lightsaber duel between Obi-Wan and the Inquisitors. It would have made sense story-wise because Darth Vader and the Inquisitors hunted down the Jedi. The story could have centered primarily on the hunt for Obi-Wan, Maybe the story could have focused on Obi-Wan seeking out Master Yoda or learning more about the Force from Qui-Gon Jinn. It could have delved into the Force and how Obi-Wan learned to become a Force ghost. This would have provided ample storytelling and a look into Obi-Wan's character. Yet somehow we got a story that barely contributed anything to Star Wars. We are literally back at the ending of Revenge of the Sith. Leia is with the Organas, Obi-Wan is on Tatooine, Vader serves the dark side, and Luke is with Uncle Owen. There's also no sense of time in Kenobi. The writers wrote themselves into a corner when they portrayed Obi-Wan as a cynical and weak old man in the first couple episodes. Then within a span of several episodes, he defeats Darth Vader and is hurling rocks like nobody's business. Same thing with Reva. In episode 5, she gets stabbed with a lightsaber, which as I said earlier, should be insta-death. Yet, within one episode, she somehow manages to find a starship that takes her to Tatooine while looking completely unscathed. Obi-Wan leaves Jabim at around the same time Reva gets stabbed, fights Darth Vader on some planet, and manages to travel back to Tatooine to look for Luke. It was as if the writers were like, oh my god, we, we only have one episode left, and we somehow need to make all these characters end up at the same place. You know, screw it, let's just throw time out of the window. Speaking of Reva, I have mixed feelings about her. I honestly found her a little annoying and unlikable. What's the deal of her always yelling and screaming? Disney has trouble creating good villains in Star Wars. They're all cookie cutter, oh I'm so angry because I'm yelling, fear me, characters. Kylo Ren, Hux, and Reva all yell in anger in comical fashion. Look at Star Wars villains from the originals and prequels. Tarkin was ruthless and cunning. Darth Vader had his imposing presence, his suit, and the voice. Palpatine was manipulative. They didn't need to yell and scream to get the audience to fear them. They did it through their looks, actions, and qualities. Like I said earlier, I did like the twist they gave her character because it gave her a little bit of development, but it was a bit too predictable. I think Disney needed to split Reva's story off from Kenobi and really give it the time and attention it needs. Have one series focus solely on Reva 
and the other one solely focusing on Obi-Wan Kenobi. That way you get a more focused story instead of jamming an underdeveloped plotline about the Inquisitors and Reva into the Kenobi show. Now along with the story, it's a shame what happened with the casting. You have all these brilliant stars like Sung Kang, Ian McDiarmid, Camille Nanijiani, Liam Neeson, but they're woefully underused. Now it's really cool to hear, you know, Ian McDermott's voice. It's really cool to see Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn, but they don't actually add anything to the story. They're more like cool Easter eggs. Maybe I'm just cynical, but it feels like Disney was like, oh, you know, we insert some stars here and, you know, people will eat it all up and love the show. And maybe they're right, but you would also think that a hugely profitable company like Disney that paid all these big stars to be in the show could have found some more competent writers to craft a better story. There's just no other way to put it. I'm just really disappointed with Kenobi and with Star Wars in general. What was great about the prequels and the originals was how they towed a fully fleshed out story with a clear beginning and end with solid character development for the main characters, world building, philosophy, and action. Then the sequel trilogy came along and pretty much crapped on the canon and rehashed so many elements of the original trilogy. You also have a bunch of other Star Wars content like the Solo movie, Kenobi, and even Mandalorian and Bad Batch to some extent that are just there for fan service. They don't push the envelope or do anything drastically different to Star Wars. The prequel trilogy is far from perfect, but they try to push the series forward. They gave us the backstory behind Anakin's turn to the dark side. They gave us the Clone Wars. It introduced a whole bunch of memorable planets. It expanded upon the Sith and Jedi. And Kenobi just doesn't do any of that. It feels like just another TV show there to make money. That's really what Star Wars has been ever since Disney took over and will continue to be. Spin-off after spin-off, subplot after subplot. When you don't push the boundaries of the franchise, innovate and develop new ideas, the quality of the franchise will go down. It gets stale. Star Wars has become just another franchise, much like Call of Duty, Madden, or Marvel. I was so excited for Kenobi, and I really wanted the show to succeed, to give this franchise a reset. Clearly, I was wrong, but the sad thing is, I wasn't surprised by some of the negative reception towards the show. I'm not excited for Andor. Heck, I'm not even excited for the Ahsoka show. That's how far this franchise has fallen, and it's just a total shame.